This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. I remember as a little girl watching this historic series called Roots. He played Fiddler. It was a remarkable performance. He won an Emmy for that. I remember going to the big screen and seeing him in An Officer and a Gentleman, that soldier, that, that, that amazing human being who won an Oscar for that. Most recently, we saw him as Will Reeves in Watchmen in his wheelchair, uh, bringing forth the legacy of Tulsa and all of the fire that came with it. And now he's in Reasons. Let me welcome to the show the legendary Louis Gossett Jr. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be remembered by your generation. I'm very touched. Um, you know, there's an African proverb that, that speaks on saying somebody's name and they'll never die. Yes, ma'am. In many ways, you, you have codified so many dignified, great people, not just on the big screen, but through your life. Yes, ma'am. And I was, I was reading your bio, raised in uh, 1936, born 1936, raised in New York. You had a, an, a, an athletic scholarship. You were offered an athletic scholarship, but you turned it down. Well, I, I got the scholarship so I can get into college. But before I got into college, I had already had, it's like lightning in the bottle from the, the neighborhood I was raised in. Um, so I was touched by the young age as what America truly should be right after the Depression. I was one of those post-Depression children. Now, if you put a list together about the people who became famous after the post-Depression, you begin to understand, you get a little goose pimples. But post-Depression actors and actresses, and the, the, uh, the, the, the Jackie Robinsons, the, the, the Walter Whites, they're all post-Depression people. Uh, Paul Robeson kind of benefited because of post-Depression, because that is our point. And the point is, something that has connected me with dots too, and maybe you can remember too, that as a young person, uh, all the generations kind of stayed close in the same house, or close. I had, a young, I had Preston Haywood, and Uncle Yanni was his name. He was unable to get out of his wheelchair because of polio, yeah, we had polio in six, strongest men I ever met in the neighborhood. Then there was a Grandma Ray. Grandma Ray, and I'll show you a photograph of Grandma Ray. I mean, when you start feeling familiar about your family, you'll understand the point I'm trying to make. That's me when I first started on Broadway in 1953 at the age of 17. That old woman is my great grandmama. And in that picture, she was approximately 115 years old. Right, 1953. So slowly I've been given the opportunity to connect those dots. And then my first movie was not A Raisin in the Sun. My first movie was a thing called The Bush Baby, in which I had to get on an airplane and go to Africa. I went to the country where Jomo Kenyatta was president. And then we moved from, from Kenya to Tanzania, where Louis, uh, I can't remember his name now, very brilliant uh, president in, in Tanzania. And I learned firsthand about a system that those tribes, those those Maasai, those Kikuyus, uh, and people came around the world to see these people with the telephone things in their ears and the long spears and the singing and dancing, just like you said at the beginning of your program. And uh, so I learned firsthand from Brooklyn, post-depression, 
to get an opportunity to, to be seen about my personal roots. So when I came back from there, I came with a pride that nobody could stop. Mm. And it stopped at the bottom line philosophy of even in the American Indian and the other things that were taught in movies, there's one thing becomes most important than anything else. God is always in charge. That's a no-brainer. And you grow by giving it away instead of keeping it. To do whatever you do for the benefit of the whole family, for the benefit of the whole tribe. You never get into enough trouble if you don't, if you do that. And we learn it again after slavery, during slavery, to survive. Whatever you do, you instinctively do for the service of the entire tribe. And you start smelling things. And you look at the Declaration of Independence. Those men who had slaves put whatever they did, they put that quill to a piece of paper talking about, we hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. And they are endowed by certain inalienable rights. And among those rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It ate through the system of the United States government to include us and others. So now, once it's said like that, this is conscious. We should not have to fight so hard for things that are less than we deserve. We, it's going to take us and you and others for a mutual salvation. There should be no violence, no enmity, no revenge. Just the next natural step. And so now we're in this, this, uh, this isolation period, if you want to call it that. Stuck reading books, looking at television, learning the same thing that I'm telling you, you younger folks, and people younger than yourself, that when you fight for your rights, make sure it is enough, this is less than you deserve. Your contribution to a mutual survival is deeper than you think. So don't lose your temper, don't get angry or revenge of not having enough medicine or education. What you, should, what you deserve is bigger and better than that. And if you live that way, according to your lifestyle, we can be symbolic of a mutual salvation, and that's the only way we're going to make it. So the stuff that's happened to me and others, I kind of swallow it and spit it out the left side of my mouth and continue on with tunnel vision. As an elder, now, to tell you that I love you. So what I do is for you. Not only for you, but for people of all colors, because we cannot survive without one another. It's insane to think that you can have all, all of the ammunition and all the gold and all the oil and sit up there in the top of your castle and think that you're going to be eternally happy. It's not going to be possible. And the intelligent people know this, so it's insane to stick with that lifestyle if it's not going to be the answer to the keys to the kingdom. What about this current condition that we're in brings you to pain? What, what about this space? Because it, it, it is senseless. Louis Gossett Jr., it is senseless. Every day you get up and you're like, if there's not enough food for people, if there are food lines, we can fix that. If, if people don't have homes, we can fix that. We have the ability to fix that. Whatever you do in the morning is for the benefit of the home. It has nothing to do with costing money to buy food or to have medicine or education. This should be a given. 
that's the that's the, that's the society that the explorers try to prevent and steal. But it's, there's no fear in this relationship of us being together. I see our young people doing it already in sports and in music, and it's gorgeous to watch. Some of our interracial now, but the key to the kingdom is when you wake up, you make sure that you're never going to be in charge. <laughs> so you, you, you humble yourself and get out of the steering wheel and go to your knees and find what can I do for the benefit of us all. Born 1936, lived through Jim Crow, lived through King and JFK, and you lived through Obama yes. to be here, to be here, 2020, um, heading into a new year, maybe a new president. I don't know what's going to happen. Did you, do you, are you optimistic? You know, I used to be very optimistic. Are you optimistic that we're going to figure this out, Lou Gossett Jr.? I, I think we figured, as the young people have figured it out, <clears throat> the people who are middle-aged and a little older, they don't want to figure it out. So eventually they're going to figure it out or step aside. These young people are ex 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 extremely important. I look at people that, and I see the smiles on their faces, and they're supposed to be crying. No, they know how to, they've solved the problem. Look mm -hmm. at sports. I mean, look at, those, look at what those young men look like. Look at the young men and women in, in, in the show business. I'd breathe a sigh of relief and I continue for more so. We can't run. Do a Watchmen with uh, Regina King. Uh, and, and it was uh, talking, uh, listening to Damon Lindelof talk about, you know, finding out about Tulsa and not knowing why everyone didn't know about Tulsa and wanting to make sure that people knew about Tulsa. Uh -huh. Being asked to play that role, did it land the way it was supposed to? Do you think it did, did that, that TV show? It went in the right direction. I have a lot of question marks. Why is it not on the air right now? Having broken all of the $6 million people who watched it, what happened? Did the cat get out of the bag? What, what happened? We should be on the air right now, even as we speak. That's important. But I know, and I'm sure you and your ancestors know more about Tulsa than you see on the screen. Uh, Tulsa started with Sidney Poitier and Harry Belafonte. They did a film called Buck and the Preacher. Mm, it's based right. on a book called The Exodusters. It's about the slaves that went west. And they wound up in Oklahoma. And they got fortunate enough to settle on oil land. And they did the best because they took care of one another. They built their buildings. And the white folks there did not like it. And they bombed them. That's the only way they could stop it. Down the road was Bowley, Oklahoma, the first black western. And it happened in a few places. In Texas, it happened in, uh, in New England. It's happened in different places. There's nothing to be afraid of. This is ours. I, I, it came up to me uh, when I, I booked the record, the racial record, getting an Oscar. And then they ask her with the people I highly respect. They're gold friends of mine. Robert Preston. That's a great man. And over here to the left, James Mason, the Desert Fox. Wow. I, I'm, I've been considered by my peers to be equal to them. And Charles Durning. Here I am. And me. I said, you know what? I had no idea that I was going to be chosen among you guys. So between me and you, this is ours. So that's the way it should go. It should continue to go. 
with all of us. With, with, uh, I, I have questions about, about the, the kid that played the Black Panther. Where did he go so soon? Why did he go so soon? I just, uh, we need us all. It's good yes. to give a chance to save mankind. Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick, yes. Great one, a great one. Wow. Yes. But we had one in, in, the, in the Watchmen, that young man. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's yeah. represents uh, some 15 to 20 others that I've seen. That's why I walk around with a smile and talk to y'all with a smile. On it. Well, you're now in The Reason, uh, which is based on William Sirius's award-winning book. I was talking with Tatiana Ali, who's also in The Reason. She plays a doctor. And she talked about how you, Louis, Louis Gossett, would sit, would stay and talk with them and impart wisdom with people. When you talk about this we, your commitment to making sure generation knows it's the baton that has to be handed off that you inherently understand as she said you would you would just be there regaling them and and just imparting all of this wisdom and she, she said everyone would just sit in awe uh so that's it's not there's magic in that and it's better than going to the doctor's office when you are, are doing a daily thing that you put on the planet to do at each age and you do it properly with the conscious contact with god your health comes back to, to large, to be large. Nobody can touch you, and it's better than medicine. That's the next lesson for you young folks. If you're on this planet, and you're doing what you're instinctively, naturally supposed to do, and that's working with others, and important uh, messages and stuff, so there's a continuum. That's all you need. Tell us about this role that you're playing. And well, the reason. He's a minister. He's one of those those elders. Uh, so he's got a nice little uh, mix, mixed crew of people. And all of a sudden, the storm hits, and uh, this uh, cross breaks. So he looks at it. They don't have enough money to fix it. He's trying to raise money to fix this, and so he doesn't know what to do. So all of a sudden, this stranger shows up. And the next day, the cross is fixed. So I'm, I'm uh, of the mindset that God does send these messages. So concurrently, this, I, I don't want to take the story away from you so that you don't understand some of the drama. But the other lead is this little boy who you fall in love with. And it pulls out the love in us. Let it go. I'm going to let it go. I dare you to see this movie to see what else changes. <laughs> well, it's already in rotation. It's already on my list because Tatiana Ali is a... Beautiful. I mean, the cast is amazing. You know, you got Beverly Todd, you have Alan Powell, Kelly. Yeah, yeah, this is an amazing cast. And I was like, Lou Gossett Jr. is in it too? Oh, yeah. I'm definitely watching it. It's good stuff. Good stuff. It's a pleasure. Where are you, by the way? What's I'm in New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. Um, I, I'm literally five minutes from where I was born in Orange Memorial Hospital. I, 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 uh, I don't move too far away from, you know, my roots, my home base. Uh, where, where are you? I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Every summer was spent in the, summer, in the South, where I am now in Georgia. And my specialty was yellow meat watermelon. So now that's also uh, my uncle, my great uncle, managed to get all the, the 40 acres in the mule for the family put together. So he had almost 200 acres of watermelon. Mm. Because me and my cousins would have to go down there 
and take care of the watermelon, the the, uh, the beefsteak tomatoes, the okra. And so we knew about it. I, I made one mistake when I first came there. This sort of this movement, this orange and black thing, it was the prettiest thing I want to see. And I went, what is this? Turned out to be a hornet's nest. <laughs> so I have, I have the, the, the least recorded speed record of me going to the water kettle after I was got attacked by these wasps. So and it wasn't Jackie Robinson, it was me. <laughs> it was you. So I learned, I'm a, I'm a farm boy. You're far, still, still. I'm, I'm is, that, is that a, is one, of, one of the secrets? Because I think, you know, black folk with the great migration were so disconnected from the land. You know, I spent my summers in Georgia, Augusta, Georgia, where yes. my uh, mother was from uh, with my grandmother and those red clay roads and those moss uh, hanging uh, trees with the moss on it. And, you know, the, the earth, the smells, the pecan trees of, of her neighbor and being able to shell peas. I would have bet you. But during that particular society with the, with the yams, and the okra, and sweet potatoes, there was no virus. Mm. So I think we've gotten a little, uh, uh, what's the word, disease-free, what do they call it? So, so we need to get back and our children need to maybe have to wallow in the mud a little bit more and work on the plants. Mm. So we have a natural immune system to the polios and to the, uh, the, the, the fevers. And as long as we have that, there was, uh, I'll give you one last story. Do I have time? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I must have been about 12 years old in Brooklyn. And a great grandmother, she was responsible for raising me and my cousins. Everybody else had to work. We had maids and chauffeurs and porters. So she took care of uh, me and my cousins. And I caught uh, rheumatic fever. When a, a poor person catches rheumatic fever, that's over. So now the temperature was getting up above 103. So she started to hum, you know. And then she went out in the backyard, she did something in the backyard, came out with this ugly plant called a yam. And the yam is the ugliest plant in the world. She took the yam and brought it into the kitchen, and she mixed it with something else, I don't know what it was. I'm upstairs in the bedroom, hot and shivering. So I think, well, this must be it. She came upstairs with this wax paper smell in an argyle sock. They put the stuff in an argyle sock, steaming, almost too hot to put on my foot. But finally, by the time she was finished, it was my body temperature. She wrapped it up and put it in the hot, hot towels. And that was uh, approximately two o'clock in the morning. When it was two o'clock in the morning, my temperature was 103 and a half degrees. In two hours, that temperature went down to 96.7. And I went to school the next day. And the doctors did not know what to do. Where does that come from? It comes from us. When we're allowed to speak freely for the benefit of us all. So we have a lot to contribute. Uh, we're not going to uh, threaten anybody's freedom, neither with the American Indian or the, uh, the Hawaiian, but each one of these cultures, going back to the beginning, for the benefit of us all, will keep those viruses at bay 
because we know how to do it in our roots. And once we do that together uh, uh, successfully, there's no time for racism or war or hatred. So we need each other too desperately. Simple answer. But it's everything. everything. What's your routine? What's your routine? I hear the dogs, the dog in the background. What kind of dog is that? Well, he's a half chihuahua. Half chihuahua. So he wants attention. That's the that's the part that wants attention. Yeah, have a swimming pool, and the swimming pool's inside. And every time he did it back in California, I had a small swimming pool inside. As soon as they made noise, you go, hey, hey, hey. you don't live here. I'm living. I'm the boy. So he's half chihuahua and half. Uh, uh, there he is. You know. <laughs> half, uh, 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 don't, don't Something miss. else. Yeah. So you, your your daily routine, you you swim every day. What so what what's your what's the secret to the Lou Gossett besides the humanity part? Because that I think that is the driver. But there's something else that you're doing. Besides humanity, there's humility. And then humility, get on it, because the, the most important power that's in all of our lives, there's two of them. One is Lucifer, the devil. Very attractive, and very patient, very powerful, and much more powerful than you. And then you have to come to this crossroads on a daily basis of who you're going to abide by. Lucifer, or the power of God. It's a personal choice. And how to do that? Humility. As soon as your eyes open up, you go drop to your knees, get out of the steering wheel, and make sure that the communication value from you to God and from God to you is unencumbered by any of that personal stuff. Uh, and there's a lot of it there. Anger, all this stuff, make sure it gets out of the way. And sit and get the message. Live with that message a good half hour to 45 minutes. Put it in your system. Do a little workout. Go for a walk. And then start your day. So it's, it's humility. That's a natural thing for the benefit of the whole. Nobody can do anything. Is, is there a dietary practice that you have? Are you a vegetarian? Are you uh, not drink soda? I'm making a transition now. But uh, you know, you know, I love me some yams. You know, so, so it's, uh, it's not, not a vegan, but pretty close. I heard that the yam is a perfect vegetable. Like it has everything in it that we need to survive. And, I, and it comes from Africa. So that's powerful. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma so this, whatever is going on that people don't want us to know about, it's self-destructive. We all have something to offer. Out of Poland, they have something to offer. Out of Russia, they got something to offer. Out of Australia, Brazil, there's something to offer for the benefit of the whole. The message is we all need to come into this world as our full selves so that we can contribute the thing that we were put here to do and, and contribute our piece to the collective. And people need to leave people alone, let them be who they are so that we can be better as a group of people. I couldn't agree with you more. The reason Luke Gossett Jr., oh, my God, I, <laughs> I'm still pinching myself. You can catch it on demand. Google, uh, Google search how you can find it on your particular outlet. The reason, amazing Lou Gossett Jr. Please, please, you have an open seat at this table. I would love to just sit at your feet and just keep talking. 
I appreciate you. As long as you let me sit at your feet too. <laughs> Humbly. Yes, yes. Luke Gossett, I thank you. I love you. Love You're you, amazing. Man.